Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. It's my privilege to welcome to our podcast today, Bobby Hill, who serves as a uh, pastor in our network. Bobby, welcome to our podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. It's great to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about where you serve and uh, what you've been doing, and uh, we'll then jump into our subject today. Awesome. Yeah, I have been at the Gateway Church, which is in Spring Lake, Michigan, for the past almost eight years. Beautiful part uh, of our state. Yes, oh the my. west side, best side, yeah. we say. So, uh, and yeah, so I oversee uh, not only worship, but adult discipleship as well. So kind of an all-encompassing right brain, left brain, which I'll talk about probably here in a little bit. Yeah. And also uh, we'll be starting here soon as an adjunct professor at North Point Bible College yeah. in Grand Rapids. So Wonderful. I'm really excited about that as well. Love North Point, And I love that you're serving there. Just recently got your master's degree. Yes. Yeah. yeah thank Are you, you. going to pursue a PhD? Uh, no comment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no pressure. You can't commit yeah, yeah, to this. It'll be it, recorded. Is my wife listening? Yeah. My wife listening, exactly. Well, today we're in our series on worship in the local church, and uh, I want to talk, we've, we've talked in our previous podcasts on this uh, with other individuals on the subject of um, how to, the relationship with a lead pastor and a worship leader works. And again, we're talking to paid and non-paid, large church, small church, big teams, small teams. Uh, and we talked about that dynamic, and then we talked about how a worship leader can effectively lead a team in the sense of relationship. And we may hit some of those uh, uh, parts today, but I thought we would talk about, um, and I've been a, at your church, spoke there a few times, seen your worship ministry and the people on your team, which your wife is on your team with you, yeah. which you may want to talk about the complications <laughs> of that, or may not. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I want to talk today about how to build a worship ministry structure. You know, every house has a foundation. Every ministry has a system. Uh, for kids ministry and youth ministry, you have um, protection ministries like security of the rooms and uh, background checks. And uh, there's systems pastors create in creating sermons and their process of developing that in tech world. So in a worship ministry, it sometimes feels a little awkward to people to talk about structure because it's such a prominent, uh, worshipful, you know, expressive ministry. But I really believe that to have effective worship in a local church, you have to have a system in place that helps facilitate what what you see. What you see on Sunday isn't all that happens in a worship ministry. Do you agree with that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, 100%. And if, you know, there's this weird thing that, you know, if you don't have a target, you're going to hit it every time. So exactly. I think that's kind of a, a one thought. And another thought is that I think there's sometimes this perceived idea that things have to feel or be perceived as unstructured, right. um, but actually they are incredibly structured, uh, even worship ministry. Absolutely. So what? why is that structure? And, and I kind of briefly mentioned it, but from your perspective, why is having a structure in a worship ministry important to the overall experience that the church experiences on a Sunday morning or Wednesday or whatever environment it's in? Yeah, so there can be a lot of things there. Uh, one thing might go uh, to the relationship between a, a worship pastor and a lead pastor, and right. it's that uh, worship pastors aren't necessarily autonomous in any ministry of a church. They're they're one of the only pastors that exist in that realm right. where they're not just overseeing youth or overseeing kids or overseeing right. adults, but they are servants and shepherds under those people. Right. And so that really... Um, 
means that your structure should be important because you are ultimately a steward of uh, someone else's vision yeah. and ministry. And with that, you're also a shepherd and a steward of people's gifts, people's talents. Right. And you're also um, helping set the stage for when the community gathers, music and coming together has always been a huge part, not just in the New Testament, but throughout the history of the Old Testament and the history of our faith, right. um, music and coming together is such a vital part of our culture, and we get to help facilitate that. And uh, I always say it's a way to align our heads and our hearts uh, to kind of give people a reset, to remind people that their hands aren't made for work, their hands are made to worship. I love that. And um, it's, a, it's a powerful thing that uh, we can sometimes forget um, and it and and sometimes by overstructuring or or sometimes even by understructuring. Talk about that for a moment as a as a leader. And I loved what you said. I want to hit on this before I go to my next question. But I love what you said. By the way, uh, you said in any ministry, if you come into a youth group to help with uh, worship, you're under that worship that youth leader, that youth pastor, to support their vision. And you're doing that with a lead pastor. And if you go help kids ministry. I just love the heart. Would you take just a moment before we jump into a question on uh, moving in towards a structural side, would you take just a moment and talk to us about that heart to be a servant in every environment to make other people's vision happen? I, I think that's huge because as a worship leader, you're walking into different structures within the structure of a church. What happens in next gen is very different than what happens on Sunday morning and even discipleship. But as you come into those environments with other leaders, how do you support them in their structure when you have maybe a different structure, but you're there to serve them? Yeah, it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of flexibility and it takes a lot of teamwork because at the end of the day, um, I have certain gifts and talents that I have and it might be different than what their vision is. So we kind of sometimes have to compromise on those right, things. Right. And it's like, hey, this is what you want from me, but this is not what I'm able to give. Right. This is what I'm able to give. Is that okay? Right. And how can we move forward with that? And so, I mean, really being able to work as a team, being able to communicate, knowing what each of your gifts are, but ultimately knowing uh, what the overall purposes. So like even, for example, thinking of a Sunday morning service, when most of us think of a Sunday morning service and how worship plays into um, the overall service, usually it's all centered, at least in our uh, most of the services I've been a part of, it's been centered on the message. So right. when you come in, worship kind of prepares your heart for what you're about to hear right. uh, through the reading and the teaching of God's word. And then it's a response to that as well. Right. And that's not always the case um, because you think of other type of worship settings and worship might be the the sole goal right. and it might be about experiencing God or, or experiencing something new. And so even just understanding the purpose or the goal or the role of a moment um, and how music is supposed to fit is huge. And again, that might change for teens who are a lot more formative where music defines them a lot more than sure. for adults. And right. so you have to kind of tweak and you have to kind of play with that. And with that even, the way you introduce new songs might be a lot quicker in youth ministry than it is for adults because they are just consuming content so much, right. uh, whether it's YouTube or uh, or whatever. Yep. And so, you know, to, to know what the values of those demographics are, the values of the people leading them really help you to figure out how you can best shepherd and steward in those different spaces. I love that. In other words, be prepared for the people you're leading in the cultural understanding of where they're at. I find that if you go to most churches, the songs that are sung on Sundays tend to have been sung in youth group 
for two months prior mm-hmm. yeah. because they're on the front edge of what that content that is constantly coming. Um, so you talked about, I love that, you talked about balancing sometimes overstructure or understructuring. Talk about the extremes. You know, uh, we don't want to live in extremes uh, in any area of our life typically, but but what's the balance of that? You know, what is an overstructured, maybe sometimes overstructured at the expense of relationships or understructured uh, that can create conflict in a local church setting for a worship ministry. Yeah, and this is goes very broad because when we talk about structure, we can be talking about rules, we can be talking about gifts, we can be right. talking about song selection, we can be talking about service order. And so, you know, uh, you Huge. can you can create a lot of different examples right, here. Right. Um, and the, the difficulty with a lot of creatives is that they are wrestling with this idea of the creative process, but also trying to put rules on themselves. And uh, for creative people, that's tough. They're like, dude, don't put me in a box, man. Um, If you know the Enneagram, they're the fours. They're like, dude, I am, I can, once you feel like you figured me out, like that's when I'm going to dye my hair pink. Like it's, (laughs) it's uh, crazy. And so they have hair. Yeah. If they have hair. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Sensitive topic. But um, yeah, you know, so one example, I, you know, sometimes I think of uh, dress code and things like that. You, uh, People can go uh, really crazy on the overstructuring side, uh, create a super strict dress code, and then all of a sudden it almost feels like people have no expression of themselves when worship is itself an expression of who we are. Um, So for me, I try to, I'm almost more on the understructuring on that side. Like I want people who are coming into our church to see. someone who is like them on the stage. Real people. Yeah, real people. And so for me, um, you know, I'll tend to understructure on that side. And so, but understructuring is there are no rules. Let's just go like follow after me. I'm going to just start singing and you're going to have to kind of figure out where I'm going. And, you know, and and it's funny, we think that's how... um, the world works or that's how the Bible works, but we have written Psalms that are written that right. the church has sung historically. We have uh, actual hymns in the New Testament that people memorized and sang, whether right. it's uh, Philippians 2 or Colossians 1 are really great examples. And even, you know, when we think of the Old Testament writers um, like Isaiah, it's not like Isaiah was just standing in the temple and just like, you know, spitting freestyle rap. <laughs> it was that he was really studying and really took time to write these messages right. uh, that he shared with the people. And so we can be structured in how we do worship, and the Spirit is still in that right. if we believe that the that God's word is inspired, that the Bible is inspired. Right. These are things that people really worked on, really planned and did well. And even Psalm uh, 12.3 itself says to play skillfully for the Lord. Right. And so I tend, and, and again, this is because of my dual role as being over adult discipleship. If I was less structured, then that would kind of leak over into that right. side of my job as well. So I tend to overstructure. Sure. And that can be where things just feel very dry. I call it sometimes the play stop worship, where it's like, it almost is like you're listening to the radio while you're in a church service sure. and you're like, okay, the song's over. Yeah. Okay, weird, awkward pause, like right. next song and we'll move forward. Or yeah, and again, overstructuring with things like, um, uh, like dress code and things right. as well. Or uh, sometimes again, when you're talking about creative things like songs, Uh, there might be some things where you're like, I don't know how I feel about this word or this phrase or this idea. And you have to really wrestle with, you know, how much does um, the ambiguity of art um, and how we worship and how we express ourselves 
uh, matter versus, you know, so right. the, it's this, the constant wrestling, right. um, especially with worship content, you know? Well, and I think in structuring, you have to know who you are. And so I think in every worship leader who may listen to this, they have to wrestle with what are the areas that are more important to be structured yeah. in versus less. And I, I agree with you. You know, I, I think real people on stage being them real selves is important. But I also think you have other areas where if you're going to do a, you know, what time they have to be there on a Sunday or for a rehearsal or whatever uh, time frames you use, you know, you want to be structured in that sense so people know you're going to be there. And so uh, tell me, uh, how do you determine where structure, and it, you don't have to tell me what you structure, but how yeah. do you determine for yourself? If, if a worship leader is hearing this and going, man, I, I don't know if I've even thought of this. How does somebody wrestle with that of what they need to be structured in and what they don't? Is it based on principles, just a sense of who you are? What do you think? Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, I think a Simon Sinek, uh, is the one who said it, like, start with why, okay. like you need to know why you're doing things, what the purpose of things are. And so for me, I'm a really relational person and the way I lead is relationally. And so sometimes I will lean on the side of relationships and loving people over rules and, and things like that, you know, so even things like rehearsals and things, I'm pretty strict on wanting people at rehearsals and things. Um, but I'm also really big on getting some of our youth and young adults involved in our worship ministry. And the unfortunate thing about students and young adults sure. is they get uh, the worst schedules ever. You know, right. they're going to school during the day. They're working they're shifts at night. Yeah. Uh, they get their shifts, you know, a week in advance, and they might already be requesting off to be in youth ministry or a small group or something else. They might also be in sports or musicals. And so they can't get the car from mom and yeah, dad. Yeah, or can't right. get the yeah. car from mom and dad. And right. so. I might be really strict on some of my adults around rehearsal, but I'm actually really relaxed with some of my students right. on rehearsal, especially uh, we had one student who was serving every week in youth ministry on Wednesday nights and serving two to four times on Sunday mornings as well. And he's like, hey, sometimes I just need a break. And I'm like, I told him he was one of the only uh, worship team members that I gave a free pass. I said, if you ever want to skip rehearsal, yeah. just let me know right. a day or two in advance. And you have an unlimited amount of skips, sure. just like don't abuse it. Right. And he hasn't abused it. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, but all of that came down to knowing what my values are, knowing what's important to me and just making sure that people aren't abusing it as well. Right. So. so know who you are, know your style, know your strengths and your weaknesses of your style because typically structures are built around the lack of uh, or the strengths of an individual leader or the, the weaknesses or the lack of experience in an area. So I think it's key of what you're saying is have structure, but structure doesn't become the only voice in the room, yeah. that there has to be other things that are part of that. What are some practical systems? If, if, I'm, if I'm a worship leader at a church and, and Bobby, I'm listening to this and I'm saying, I, I don't know for sure what to do. What are some practical systems you have set up that have enhanced your worship ministry? And even so, more so, um, you know, what are some tools, apps, programs? You know, talk to us about all of that, that someone could leave today and go, I've got some some thoughts that I could do or implement. Yeah. Uh, so it's a big question. I yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. huge question. Yeah, so huge. all encompassing, all encompassing. Uh, some great, easy things is you need to have an easy onboard for people. So if people don't know that they can join your worship team, then they're not going to join. So you're like, man, why is no one joining? Right. And there's no easy way for people to serve at your church. Um, and this is for worship 
pastors and maybe even lead pastors as well. And people so people make the mistake and they, they they assume people know there's a need, but people sit in the audience and see a full stage and say they don't need me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or they see one person, they're like, you know, well, you know, like some people just don't have the gusto to ask, or right. they or they look at the one person who's really talented and they're like, well, I'm not that good. Right. Um. And and that'll go into something else as well. And so having some sort of a way to share that there is a need and having an easy on-ramp for people. And so I know a lot of churches are doing something called growth track. Uh, we have something similar called get connected where people come, uh, they take a personality test, a spiritual gifts test, and we share uh, who we are. They learn who they are. And we say, where can we kind of meet in the middle with yeah. this? And it's really powerful. And I've gotten a lot of people who have joined the worship team for that reason. Love that. Um, another system is uh, knowing what your, what your bar is. So right. what is the lowest skill? level someone can have gotcha. and then being able to communicate that with someone so right. for me to share with someone who plays acoustic guitar like man if you can play in the key of g and the key of c yeah. i can capo you anywhere awesome. and so learn those two keys and be able to strum in four four and six eight right. and you can join the team Good. and so now they know okay these are the two keys i need to learn to play it's about six to eight chords pretty easy to learn. Right. Um, I've had middle schoolers join the team because cool. of that. Uh, for a bass player, you know, like, hey, you need to play the right notes at the right time. Right. Probably the lowest bar you can have. <laughs> right, right. Uh, for us, drummer is our highest bar. You sure. have to be able to play along with a click so you can't speed up or slow down. Right. Uh, you have to play in 6-8 and 4-4. Four, four. You have to be able to play fast and slow. Right. Pretty high bar, but once you hit that bar, I mean, the ceiling is pretty close to that bar. Love that. Keys players, you just have to be able to chord. You don't have to to be able to play all the lead lines and things from that. But then from there, figure out, um, and this is something huge for ministry, like how to scale your ministry as well. So, okay. you know, for someone who comes in and they're at that bottom bar, what are you doing to help challenge them to get further? Love or that. if you have spaces in your ministry, like how are you preparing to grow? Mm. So like, man, if you have two acoustic players, like what are you doing to get them both in the rotation? Or if you have an acoustic and electric player, what are you doing to add space on your stage? So even thinking, how will this grow? grow as my church grows. So expandable structures that give the on-ramp, develop their ministry, but grow it so you can fit more people on the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, that's uh, a huge thing, I think, as well. Um, other structures I've done is just in the way that we do our practice and rehearsal and sound check, that yeah. people don't come to our rehearsal not knowing the music, that there's an expectation that practice happens before rehearsal. Yeah. Rehearsal happens whenever we put all of our practicing together, mm. and then we go over it one more time in sound check. So again, I overstructure everything. Sure. By the time... Uh, we do uh, a song on Sunday morning. We've played through the song at least four times. Okay. Um, and so, you know, uh, not everyone can do that. Right. But even, you know, to be able to share and vocalize like, hey, this is the expectation. Right. Um, and then in terms of programs, there are a ton of programs that yeah. you can do for scheduling. Uh, there's planning center and pro presenter on song. Uh, there's different things that even if you have a smaller team uh, that tracks are readily available and pretty affordable. Uh, the unfortunate thing about tracks is that it's expensive to get them going um, because you have you would have to purchase your whole set order. But if you're doing uh, one new song a month or one new song every six weeks, which is pretty 
average uh, for a lot of places. I mean, you're spending anywhere from five to thirty dollars, okay. you know, a, yeah. a month and right. for a track. And to even get in ears to be able to run tracks aren't as expensive as people think. They think they need all these high tech things. Right. Really, you just need something called a headphone amplifier, which will cost you anywhere from forty to sixty bucks sure. per person. And so, you know, if you're starting with one person and you want to run tracks, yeah. uh, you just need something to be able to run the track. So an iPad or a laptop, and then you just need a headphone amplifier and you can already get plugged in. Uh, one of the biggest things that helped me in terms of programs, and this is going to sound weird, uh, were Facebook groups. Okay. Uh, Facebook is a huge place. A lot of creatives, um, because people uh, who do promotions for church and stuff are kind of all roped into that worship world. Facebook is still the greatest way to promote uh, your ministry and get things across. So a lot of the creative people are on Facebook. And Facebook group is just a place where like I can ask a random question and get 10 people from across the world answering a question. Awesome. So uh, I go there all the time if I have a question or even, you know, maybe to some friends who are in the area. How do they find one of those groups? Is it is there a title? Do you just do worship face? I mean, are there good ones, bad ones? Uh, the big one that I was a part of, there's a, a church creative one. It, I, man, it they the church creative one is weird because they don't use Val. So I, like I can't remember if it's creative church or church creative. Okay without vows worship leaders collective was a really big one for me to kind of jump in Great. and then from there i learned about a, a bunch of other groups okay. so those would be two good ones you could jump into if you're interested to get a, a head start on that yeah one. and again like that's something where you have people who are doing uh, churches of 50 churches of 100 people who are unpaid people who are paid okay. people who are um, in all walks, all types of churches, yeah. all liturgical backgrounds, all. And so you get a lot of different opinions, which at least for me is in, incredibly informative so that I can come up with the best decision for our culture. Love that. I'm trying to think of other things yeah. um, that are, are great for us. Uh, one thing that I also do, which I think might be really great for churches is I think sometimes we just pick songs on what's on the radio. For me, I started leading worship at my church at 16 right. and I got saved at 14. And right. so my, <laughs> my depth of musical knowledge was very, very shallow. Right. You know, uh, I went to church for two years and I was leading worship. So right. David Crowder was the one and Chris doing, Tomlin was yeah, the one who yeah. were, uh, who we were playing. And, uh, but, um, one thing that I think would be great is going, uh, through all of your songs and categorizing them by theme, because sometimes mm -hmm. we forget uh, what songs we're doing and, and what they're about. And all of a sudden, it, it was really um, shocking to me whenever I did that categorize all the songs. Man, I'm talking a lot about one certain thing. Like right. I'm talking about a lot about how God is victorious, right. um, but not a lot with wrestling, like right. when maybe God doesn't answer prayers or things like that. Yeah. So just being able to categorize all of your songs so that you know what kind of balance or, or what kind of theology you're pushing in your music because if people are listening to worship outside of the church, like you're the one who's informing them on what music right. to listen to, what artists to listen to. So be so, uh, selective and broad in your categories. Uh, make sure there's a lot of songs about Jesus and the gospel and what he's done right. um, and, and songs on the Holy Spirit as well. And, you know, so... Um, yeah, just uh, being able to categorize songs was something that. huge for me. I'm sure a lot of people don't think about that, but th that is a huge thing, especially if your pastor comes in and says, hey, I I'd like, I'm going to do a series on whatever subject. You've immediately got a list to be able to say this, this fits in that. And I think it is important for us to structure 
even our song choices by the leading of the Holy Spirit. We don't take out structure doesn't mean the spirit doesn't move. Yeah. But but we certainly are sensitive to the spirit and allow the spirit to do what he wants. But in that structure, having a thought of what you're singing is so important. And I don't think a lot of people think about putting those themes into categories. I think that's brilliant. And uh, I've never heard that before. So that was oh. new for me to hear. I'm sure my worship leaders did that. We just never talked about it, but yeah. that is and, great. And oftentimes it's something implicit as well, not something explicit. So in your mind, you might have a category like the pastor says, man, we need a response song on surrender. And right. it's like, okay, yeah, I have a few songs that are about that, right. uh, but they don't really go intentional in their song selection on the front end. It's just on the back end. The back end. Um, and sometimes on the front end, it works even better. Um, I'll have teams recommend, uh, team members recommend a song and I'll say, hey, what is this song saying that one of our other songs, and I might even say this song or this song isn't saying yeah. uh, to where you think it's important. Or I'm saying like, hey, are you okay to do this song if it means cycling this song out of our regular rotation right. um, and kind of get some feedback from some of them I love as that. well. I love that you involve them in that too at times. That's great. Anything else related to that subject of structure or teams or programs that uh, you want to add and, or share with us? Yeah, I mean, I think just you have to think through everything. You have to be mindful of everything and just uh, realize that um, God has told us uh, to be good shepherds and good stewards. And that's not just of the people, but that's of the moments as well. Yeah. And um, I always say, man, songs are sticky um, and not... Um, to dog pastors are preaching, but like, it's hard for me sometimes to remember what a pastor preached on, right. but man, that song is stuck in my head two or sure. three days later. So it's a huge responsibility and a huge weight that worship people carry. And sometimes uh, a responsibility that people overlook, like, man, these songs that people sing are really the things that are carrying them sometimes through the week right. or into the week or through their day. And so what are we um, helping to teach them or show them about who Christ is and who they are right. through the songs that we sing? And, and having structure in place is incredibly important for, for deciding those things. I love that. Be intentional, build a system around the intention that God's put on your heart, and then lead with excellence under the understanding of the seriousness of the weight you carry. Bobby, thank you so much for taking some time and come in and share. Uh, if uh, if someone has questions, can they reach out to you? Of and course. So uh, do that through Facebook or uh uh, even contact our office and we can get you uh, in touch. But uh, certainly he has a heart to be able to help worship leaders uh, grow in that. Thank you again. We appreciate your time and I appreciate your insights. They're awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.